This is Missioning, Global Interactions podcast and a space to explore all things mission. Hello, welcome to Missioning. I'm Solari and I love hearing stories around prayer. At Global Interaction, we value prayer and seeing God's faithfulness through both difficult and joyous times. Our guest today is an intercultural worker amongst the ethnic Thai of Thailand with her husband and three sons. She's currently in Perth preparing to return to Thailand. She loves investing in people, prayer and building relationships. She has a big heart for the people of Thailand and yearns to see them find freedom in Jesus. Welcome to the program, Liz. Hi, Solari. Yeah, thanks for having me today. Oh, it's great to have you join us. Liz, you and Glenn and your three sons have been living in Thailand for the last three years and, and you've had some time back in Australia now and, and preparing to go back. Looking back on your first term, what's one joy that stands out to you? I think after being back in Australia for a little while now, um, when I look back on that first term, I just think maybe it's it's all the learning that we've been able to experience, um, just getting through some pretty intense years of learning the Thai language and the culture, and now getting to that point where you can start to go deeper in your relationships with people and um, being able to actually communicate with them and um, just have good friendships um, in, a, in their in their host language. Just, yeah. yeah, it's probably been my biggest joy so far. That's wonderful. As you look to your three-year term ahead, what do you see or hope or dream? Yeah, I think when I kind of reflect back on this first term, it, we kind of, we talk about it a little bit as um, like an apprenticeship time. I don't know, like if you're in a new job and you're the apprentice. Um, Global Interaction has been working in Thailand now for like a number, a decade, over a decade. So Mm. they are some great work that's gone before us. And we um, had the opportunity to spend some time living um, in the area where faith community groups have already developed and being able to spend time with the local believers and hear their stories about you know, why they'd put their faith in Jesus and um, just getting to walk along aside, aside like experienced missionaries has been um, pretty awesome for this first term. And and now we're in a new area, like in a new community where global interaction haven't been. And so our hope and vision is kind of just to take what we've learned um, into yeah. this second term, and just get stuck into uh, ex- building relationships, building yeah. um building a place in our new community and just, yeah, yeah, to see a new faith community group develop in this new area is is our ultimate vision, yeah. So how have you experienced God shaping you for intercultural mission? What has he been teaching you? Yeah, lots of things. Um, I think one thing we, as we do relationship like ministry, is building connections with people, sometimes it's hard to see the bigger picture. Sometimes it feels a little bit like you're just kind of treading water with people. You're not really sure if they're um, seeing Jesus where mm. you are hoping that they are. But yeah. I think um, God's really encouraged me this term to just keep like showing up with people and yeah. and praying for them and, and where I am and praying that the Spirit of God is in the relationship, He will do the rest of it. You know, He's in control of it and He will bring them to faith. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> And I'm looking forward to hearing from your experiences. Now, do you have a story that you can share with us today? I do. I'd love to share with you the story about my friend Bay. 
But just to give you a little bit of context, um, in northern Thailand, the ethnic Thai people are predominantly Buddhist, which means um, that they live up, like they carry out the Buddhist faith. But a lot of their uh, faith is also influenced very strongly by their animistic beliefs. So their fear of the spirit world. Um, and, and they do daily things like sometimes they will offer a sacrifice to appease the spirits of where their house is. And, yeah. and so the, the spirit world in Thailand is, is very evident. It's, yeah. it's kind of in your face really. Um, but so that, I just wanted to kind of lay that as the foundation for my story for Bay. But um, when we moved to Ban Luang, which is actually the rural area where Global Interaction has been working for many, many years now, yeah. we moved there in our second year and um, we got to spend um, about a year here. And at the start, when we just arrived, one of the leaders of the faith community group asked us if we would be interested in asking um, his neighbour, Bay, to come and work for us. Yeah. She had just returned from Bangkok. Um, she, mm-hmm. her mom, she lived with her mom, who was a widow, so it was just her and her mom. And yeah. um, since she'd got back to Ban Luang, she didn't have any work, and she was kind of struggling to make ends meet. So, yeah, um, yeah he asked if she'd come work for us, and we. I was really excited because she's about my age. Um, I'm not going to tell you how old that is, but <laughs> she's about my age. <laughs> and um, I would, I had been praying that I would make a friend kind of closer to my age. A lot of my language nurturers had been a lot older than me and I just wanted to, you know, make some more friends. And so um, we invited her to come and just kind of do some housework around our house and help look after our son, Ollie. And she was coming a few mornings a week. And then when she arrived, like the first day, she was terrified of me and Glenn. Like she was terrified of all of us, really. (laughs) Um, Yep. I was a bit shocked actually because when I was in one room, she would quickly dart to another room and as we sort of played chasing mouse around the house as I was in the kitchen, she'd be in the other room and I was a bit disappointed in some ways because, you know, I wanted to chat with her but she wasn't really, she was scared. But, um, yeah, so we started praying. We we prayed that um, the relationship would build, that she would feel comfortable with us and, yeah. And that we would have an opportunity to build that friendship with her. Yeah. And yeah, a cool. couple of months um, after being with us for a little while, she started to yeah be less scared of us, which was great. And then we started to kind of build up a really lovely friendship. And um, my tie was getting a little bit better at this point. And yeah. she she started sharing some stories about her life, and we we were able to share some about our life with her. And she. Yeah. She had been actually working in Bangkok for um, probably about 16 years or 17 yeah. years maybe before she had returned to just that year. She'd been yeah. um, working in factories in Bangkok and when mm. she told me that I was quite shocked. I, I really couldn't imagine what it would look like to, for a 19-year-old country girl to move to Bangkok um, and work in factories. And I think some of her shyness had come from a really quite a tough life um yeah. yeah it was it was really encouraging though to get to know her and, and build that relationship mm, that's great you've worked hard I think uh, to start to cement that relationship so were you able to build connections with her and a deeper relationship as you continued to get to know her yeah we did so over the the coming months um 
we we would always invite her along to the faith community group. They met on a Friday evening, and so on Friday she worked with us in the morning. So as she left, I'd say, "See you Friday night. Um, see you tonight." And she she was a little bit nervous because she didn't. She told us that she didn't like groups. She's just a shy person, so she didn't really want to come at first. But her mum had been a believer and been a part of the group for a number of years. And so eventually she started coming along with her mum. And, yeah. and this was just uh, really lovely. Um, we got to, um, you know, sit with her in the in the groups. And then um, as my language skills started getting better, I was kind of able to start sharing some more, well, in the, in the process of star- sharing some Bible stories with her, which was really, really, really exciting for me. It was kind of my first person that I was, stepping into that more ministry base of instead of just language learning. Um, And then unfortunately, though, we had some changes happening and our family had to move um, away Mm -hmm. from the area we were in. It was quite a a sudden decision, a quick move as well. And I was really sad. I I really didn't want to leave Bay. Which must have been so difficult. Yeah, it, it really was. I remember the day that we packed up the truck. Everything had been loaded on. And she was, she had graciously said she'd kind of give our house a last clean. And so she was the last one left at the house. The truck had left and we were just about to jump in the car to move our stuff um, over to Chiang Rai. And we just stood there and we're both bawling our eyes out and hugging. And yeah, yeah, it was just hard for me because I, um, you know, I was worried that she wouldn't have any work and the friendship that we'd built was, yeah, it was kind of moving on. So it was a bit challenging. It was challenging that. Yeah, that's Mm. for sure. And did you get an opportunity to see her again? Yeah, so a couple of months after we'd arrived in Chiang Rai, we, our team organises um, once a year they organise, it's kind of like a family camp where they bring all the faith community groups together to spend some time over a weekend in fellowship and teaching. Yeah. And um, we were really hoping that they would come Although, you know, she'd already told us that she didn't like groups. So I was kind of thinking that she wouldn't. But yeah, yeah, at the start of the camp when the bus arrived, she rocked up and I was like, oh, so good to see you and spend some time with her over that weekend. Um, It was, yeah, it was really good. And and it was was an amazing weekend. We had like not long before the camp, we had made um, some videos for Global Interactions May Mission Month. And mm-hmm. we do this um, kind of to engage with our churches back in Australia and just invite them into the stories that are happening on the field. And um, our vision for that month, because we just moved to a new location, was really to invite the church into praying for our new location and just the, the work that was happening in glo- um, there in Thailand with Global Interaction. And so um, we made this video and we set it to the Bible verse in Corinthians 3.17. And that Bible verse says, The Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, this just, I think living in a place where um, spiritual warfare and stuff is so evident, a spirit world is so evident, yeah. this verse just kind of stuck out to us and um, we so yeah we'd sent this off to churches and we knew people were praying this with us and yeah and you know like when you hear something like that it just keeps popping back at you um, yeah. yeah so that day I on the way into the camp on the second day of the camp 
I was in the car and um, the C- a CD came on. It was Hill Songs, and it's that song that goes. I'm not going to sing it because that would be terrible. <laughs> but it's, it, it goes where the spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. Chains are broken and eyes are open. And um, yeah, this is playing, and I just really felt the spirit leading me to just like sing this out as a prayer. And so um, I was praying this all the way in the car on the way to the camp that day, and. And then we got there and sat through the the fellowship and the teaching time and sort of towards the end, because this is the last day, towards the end of the teaching time, the um, person, like the guy that was leading it, sort of gave an opportunity for any of the members of the faith community group that were there to want to, like anyone that was interested in making a commitment to following Jesus. Um, And he kind of said like, Gulap, which is my Thai name, he said, can you come and stand up, stand with me or come up here with me? And I was like, oh, yeah, well, this, this is exciting. So um, I stood up and as I did, I, I sort of placed my hand on Bay's back and said, oh, do you want to come with me? Like in Thai, yeah. Ma Duay Mei. I asked her if she wanted to come and um, she looked shy. She sort of sunk in her chair a little bit and oh, I thought, oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> I stood at the front and um, a couple of seconds later she came up and kind of, stood right in close to me beside me and then he led a couple of people and she was one of them in this prayer to, of commitment to following Jesus and it was such a privilege to stand with her as she prayed that oh, prayer. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, it was. I bet there would have been more tears that day. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and were you able to see Bay again after the camp? Yeah, so a couple of months later, um, Glenn actually took a trip out to Ban Luang. He went by himself um, for some more training events that were happening out there. And he was, when he got home, he said to me, oh, Liz, I saw a bay and she looked really different. And I was like, oh, like what kind of different? Like, tell me more. And typical guy style. He was like, oh, she was just like different, you know. And I'm like, her hair? Wait, what? And he's like, no, she was just more confident and she was asking questions and um, I was like, oh, okay. And then, yeah, and then a couple of months again after that, so about three or four since camp, we all yeah. went back out to Ban Luang as a family and yeah. um, the first thing we did, what I wanted to do was go and visit her. So we, we pulled up, we drove up to her place and um, she wasn't home at the time but she was kind of just down the lane from where she lives yeah. and she yeah. started walking up towards the house and I was like, oh, she does look different. You know, I don't know what it was. She was standing taller. Um, She was really excited to see us. She wasn't in any way shy or nervous. Um, Yeah, Yeah. she invited us in and we sat on her porch that day and she she just asked so many questions about my life. She wanted to know what how old I was when I started following Jesus. What did it look Mm -hmm. like? What were the challenges for me? And um yeah, it was a real joy to be able to share some of that with her. Yeah, as we were sitting there, actually, um, she told me a story and she said, um, I want to tell you something. She said, when my dad died, so her dad actually passed away when she was 19. She said, after my dad died, I had to move to the city, to Bangkok City, to find work to support my mom and I. After he died, I started having these nightmares. She said, 
every night, like maybe not every night, but like very often she would have this nightmare where she would, she wouldn't be able to, she couldn't take like a deep breath or she couldn't take a breath. And she was feeling like she had to try and wake herself up to, to be able to breathe. So this real um, sense of just like gasping for air. And um, she'd been having them so often that she um, didn't know what to do about it. And so in a true kind of Thai way, she um, went to visit the spirit doctor, which is kind of pretty yeah. normal for people with these types of issues in their lives. And, um, yeah, the spirit doctor said, apparently said to her that there was really nothing she could do about it, that I think it was something to, related to her dad's death, that now there was an an evil spirit with her um, and there was really no way that she could get rid of it, but she just had to be really careful. There was a few elements to it that things like yeah. if she saw an owl at night, then she would know that the evil spirit was closer to her and things like this. Oh, and, dear. yeah, it's quite terrifying for her. And she had you know been living with this for 17 years now, her whole time mm-hmm. in Bangkok City. Um, as a young girl, this was the fear that was spoken over her. But then she said to me that day as we sat on her porch, she said, the day that I made that commitment to following Jesus, mm-hmm. I since that day, I've never had that nightmare. And she said, um, I know now that Jesus is light and where the light is, the evil spirit can't get to me anymore. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it really is. <gasps> that's a mic dropping moment, really. <laughs> that is just unbelievable. Wow, what life change and yeah. and incredible heart change uh, that you could hear. Yeah, and how she how did she relate back to her family and her her mum and and did she have siblings as well too? No, it's just her and her mum. Um yeah. I you know, I think her mum and um, her mum's been a believer for a while, so obviously there's a, a lot of people invested in her life praying for her and yeah. teaching her with the in the faith community groups. And she's she's um, since then stepping up um, in the group, coming along to all the leadership <laughs> training. Um, it's it's pretty powerful stuff. I can't wait to see, yeah, how her testimony encourages others in the future. And she got a job, which was really exciting to see when we were out there. She'd gotten herself another job. All these things that I was worried about, you know, had had changed for her. What an in- incredible story of God's impact on her life. Yeah. Now. Can I ask, what did you learn about depending on God and how he works? I think one of the biggest things that I learned about depending on God and, and dependence upon God <laughs> is really one of our core values at Global Interaction. And so trying to see that in our daily lives is, is really important to us. I I think for me, one of the re- ways that I maybe doubted that at some point was when, when I had to leave Bay. I I was so sad about leaving her and it was sort of almost in myself thinking, oh, I just got to this point where I was going to get to share all these Bible stories with her and God was going to change, you know, like was going to use that and then she was going to become a follower of Jesus in my head. That's how I could see it going. And so yeah. I was grieving having to leave and um, yet, you know, God is at work and he has it all under control and he didn't. He used. He was able to use me still in that small way, but it wasn't really about me. It was about him and what he was doing. We can depend on God, and 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 He's already at work, like you say. Yeah, 
gods at work here and in Thailand. <laughs> Look, the, the power of prayer has been so, so evident in your story, Liz. It's so encouraging. Can you share a little bit about the power of prayer? Yeah, after being back here in Australia for a little while, I've really been reflecting a bit on the power of prayer in our lives and when we're ministering to people. And and I think like after living in a country where the you know the fear of spirits and the spirit world is quite evident, you come back here into Australia and you think, oh, it's not so evident. It's it's still there. You know, people are definitely still have this fear and these strongholds in their lives, but we don't talk about the spirits so much. We don't talk about the evil ones and the good ones. And um, and so I, I was thinking, what would it look like here if if we were more intentional in our prayer of of yeah. of power encounters with the Holy Spirit in those our friends that don't yet know Jesus? Like, what would that look like? Would that change things? And and um, yeah, just being really intentional about when we show up with these people that we're encouraging in their faith or walking with to to um, experience Jesus, that the Holy Spirit will shape them um, in new ways, yeah, unexpected ways. Yeah, absolutely. That's a real encouragement to us here as well too. Looking back over your time in Thailand so far, are there any moments that jump out at you when you've misunderstood culture? Yeah, <laughs> probably more than I care to admit but yeah that there definitely are um yeah we we actually sometimes we call these bad culture days where you've just misunderstood what's happening around you or linguistically you've kind of stuffed up but um I think one of these times would have been what well, I got invited to it was like a housewarming but it was the housewarming was going to be the next day so it was a preparation for it um, and my uh, like house helper friend was invited me to come along. So I went mm. along with her and all there was a, a huge group of women sitting on the floor together and they were folding um, bamboo leaves into flowers and decor- decorations that were going to be put out for the next day. And so I was sitting with yeah. them and, and chatting with them and Ollie was with me and he was kind of running in between everyone and um, just playing. And, and it was kind of, it was really fun and really exciting but then I, I was having a great time actually. But then I stood up to walk across the room, I think, to talk to Ollie. And I didn't realize it, but I had stood over the legs of an elderly lady. And the room just went dead silent. Um, and that doesn't sound like much to us, right? Who cares if we did that? But in Thailand, um, the soles of your feet are considered very dirty. And um, it's, yep. it's very un- disrespectful to show them to other people. Um, so when we sit yep. on the floor, we kind of tuck our feet right up underneath us. And um, but the older people, that that's a really quite difficult to do. So it's it's quite respectful for them to be able to stretch their legs right out in front of them, and they yep. sit like that for hours. Although I I couldn't do it, but they can. Um, yep. But um, it's very disrespectful now. I know to step over the legs of someone, and <laughs> oh, it was it was the worst feeling. I. As I walked across the room, everyone, there was all this chatter and then it all just went really quiet. And I was like, oh, no, I must have done something, you know, and you instinctively know that you've done something wrong. And when I got to the other side of the room, my friend came and said, oh, you did this, like, go back, go back and say sorry. And so I quickly went back and I apologised to this old lady who just looked mortified at the time and (laughs) 
uh, I just, yeah, I felt horrible, you know, because <laughs> you never intentionally cause that, like, you know, to be impolite, but yeah. 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 These things happen. I, uh, I went home yeah. and shut the door. Bad culture day, Glenn. Bad culture day. <laughs> <laughs> bad culture day. So has uh, Glenn had any bad culture days that you could share with us? Oh, yeah. Should I tell you his, his bad culture days? Um, I'm sure he wouldn't mind. Um, yeah. What happened to Glenn? Oh, one day there was a snake uh, outside and it had climbed into the this kind of cabinet that we have just outside our house and he was trying to get it out with a stick or something like that when the postman I think it was the postman rocked up and the postman was sort of looking at him like are you okay do you need help and asked him you know are you all right and Glenn said oh I'm trying to get out there's a snake or he's he used the word that he thought he was saying snake inside the cabinet but the word for snake and the word for mouse uh, the same word, but with a different tone. Um, well, they're very, they're very much the same. Like a foreigner, like you and I, you and I can't can't really tell the difference. A local person definitely can, obviously. Yeah. Um, and he must have accidentally, he, he definitely accidentally said the word for for mice. There's a, like a mouse yeah. inside there. Yeah. And the, I think the guy's like, oh, okay. If you're that worried about it, I'll help you out. You know, like. Yeah. But. Yeah. But Thai people also really don't like snakes, just like us. And so he just like, well, Moses over there with a the stick, goes to lift it up to whack the, the mouse or, I don't know, to shoo the mouse off, <laughs> lifts it up and realises that it's actually this snake. And he's like, <gasps> like jumps back and he's like, you said mouse, that's not a mouse, that's a snake. You know, a bit, <laughs> got a bit of a fright and Glenn was like, oops, yeah, I see where you where I went wrong there, you know. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> But I think he still helped him, you know, he still helped him get the snake out. So that was nice. Wow. So what do you do with the snake? Do you kind of push it out into the garden? Uh, We kill them. Uh, Some people don't, but we like to get rid of them. We've had a few inside the house now and, yeah, they're not fun um, to have. So, uh, yeah, local people don't love to kill animals. It's kind of a Buddhist thing not to kill um, it's definitely yeah. a Buddhist thing not to kill. So they try to avoid, if they can, shooing animals yeah. off, but no one loves snakes. So we generally yeah. get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Fantastic. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. No worries. Can I just say, it's just been so wonderful to have you here today. We have appreciated your stories, your heart, and the, hearing just how the power of prayer has permeated every part of our conversation today and the stories and your time uh, there in Thailand. And we just want to say a huge thank you to you uh, for coming on today, Liz. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. It's, It's been great fun. Wow, what a rich story of prayer and dependence on God. Thank you so much, Liz, for sharing today. If you want to explore mission or how to partner with intercultural workers like Liz, please get in touch with your local Global Interaction State team. Head to www.globalinteraction.org.au forward slash podcast for resource links and more information, including prayer resources. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Missioning and we can't wait to share another awesome story with you next time.